The word of the Lord from Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord, says Mary, which sounds a little bit odd because to magnify something is to make it bigger than it is, which is something we can't do to the Lord. In this case, though, magnify means to glorify. And that being the case, then this is odd. The Lord and his name, they don't get magnified all that much in Scripture. Although it does happen in 2 Samuel 7, And that's where we begin. There, King David prays, Your name will be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is God over Israel, and the house of your servant David will be established before you. Now that's part of a bigger prayer of praise and thanksgiving. And the timing is surprising because God has just dealt David some serious disappointment. David has proposed to build the temple, a house of God far more fitting for worship than the tabernacle. It's time to get the Lord out of a tent into a temple. But the Lord says, no, it's not for David to do. However, the Lord does tell David that his son will build the temple. And he tells David that his seed will establish his throne for all generations. So David doesn't get to build the temple, 
but he's comforted that the temple will be built and one of his descendants will reign forever. And so he swallows his disappointment and he prays a prayer of thanksgiving before God. He recalls that he is only king because the Lord has made him king. Remember, he was once a little brother and a lowly shepherd boy in Bethlehem, but the Lord has chosen him to rule over Israel. He prays that God, who has shown such undeserved favor to him, would bless his house so that it might continue forever. And he prays that the Lord's name would be magnified forever. It's given to David to wait and to pray and to trust. The Lord will keep his promise. So it's Solomon, David's son, who builds a magnificent temple for the Lord in Jerusalem, and the Lord does not spurn it as his throne on earth. But Solomon is not the seed who establishes David's throne forever. Instead, Solomon's folly will lead to a divided kingdom. No, Solomon isn't the seed about whom David prays. And there isn't another prayer especially similar to this one in the entire Bible. At least not until Luke chapter 1. There, Mary makes haste to see Elizabeth. She enters the house and greets Elizabeth and behold, the baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb. John, unborn, leaps for joy. Why? Because Mary carries God's Son in her womb. Jesus is there because the eternal Son of God is present in utero, probably still no more than just a few cells just taking shape. But he is there, which means the fullness of the deity is there. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth exclaims to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. These unexpected sons, yet unborn, are already aware of one another. And so unborn John leaps for joy at the blessing that Jesus' presence brings. And what does Mary say? She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She goes on to say why. He has looked upon her lowly, humble estate and chosen to make her the mother of Jesus. As David went from Bethlehem shepherd boy to king by God's doing, so Mary now goes from obscure Nazareth virgin to the mother of God. David gave thanks that his throne would be established forever by one of his descendants, and now Mary praises God because she will be called blessed by all generations because she will give birth to the son of David who reigns forever. Compare them, and Mary's prayer is much like David's, and it is the reminder of another astonishing truth. As David gave thanks that God would have a temple built someday, 
Mary gives thanks that for these precious months, she is the temple. The temple is, after all, where God dwells on earth, and God most certainly dwells incarnate in her womb. A mother's womb is where new life is found, and in Mary's womb, there is new and eternal life for all who believe. This arrangement won't last long, though, just the usual nine months. Soon enough, when Jesus speaks of the temple, he will speak of his own body, not his mother's, and his enemies will destroy that temple on the cross. And three days later, he will raise it up again. Mary doesn't stay with Elizabeth or get to be the temple for long. Soon enough, she'll be in a dank stable in Bethlehem next to a manger. And we don't worship Mary, though with all generations we rightly call her blessed. And we hasten on to the rest of her song because she calls you blessed too. You too are blessed by God because his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Be warned. If you suffer the pride that claims to be good before God apart from Christ, the Lord will scatter you. If you trust in your might and your ability to deliver yourself, he will bring you down from your throne. If you trust in your possessions for security and rescue, he will send you empty away. But, but if by the grace of God you know weakness and sin, then he will show you his strength and lend his mighty arm to support you. If by his grace you know your iniquity and how little you deserve his mercy, For Jesus' sake, he will exalt you to eternal life. If, by his grace, you know your hunger and know that it is he who gives all good bread, oh, he will fill you with good things. The Lord didn't stop exalting the lowly with David and Mary. No, the Lord has exalted you. Once David was a shepherd boy, yet God made him king. Once Mary was a young woman among many in Nazareth, yet God made her the blessed mother of our Lord. Once you were just, well, lost you. But now you are a child of God and an heir of the kingdom of heaven. That's what holy baptism is about. By water and the word, he has made you his child. Once you were lost in sin, but now he renews his righteousness in you with every absolution. Once you were enslaved to sin, now as a child of God, you are an heir of heaven, and the Lord declares that you will reign with him forever. He remembers his mercy. He helps his servants. And because you trust in the same Savior that Abraham did, He makes these promises to you forever. Two final wonders for your meditations this evening. 
As Mary speaks of the mighty God who does great things from everlasting to everlasting, she is singing of the Lord and of her creator who is growing in her womb. That's a mind-bending mystery that defies time and physics and reason. But that's the mystery of the incarnation. Don't try to make it make sense. Instead, revel in the wondrous mystery that eternal God is about to have a birthday. And wonder at this. The Lord, who deigned to be present in Solomon's temple and Mary's womb, he isn't far away. He is as near to you as his word and his sacraments. The same body and blood that formed in Mary and that was sacrificed for your sin on the cross, it is now present in the supper this night. This is not a gruesome thing, but rather the wonder that the risen, living Son of God is present for his people. To be your strength, to exalt you as his own, and to fill you with good things. Though your life may be one of lowliness for now, do not doubt the praise of Mary's prayer. In Christ, you are exalted, and you will be forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.